a different experience and it's a good experience. It's, it's good to just be with you because if you can't stand being with yourself, you need to figure out why that is and, and work on that. Welcome to the Crossing It Off podcast, where each episode we share the stories of individuals that are living out their bucket slash life goal lists. I am your host, Roger Williams, and through hearing our guests' adventures, my goal is that you will find encouragement and empowerment to add and cross items off of your list. Welcome, everybody, to the show. I am super excited today for our guest. He is a marathon runner, a world traveler, a toe-shoe enthusiast, and a great photographer. Keith Weatherman, thank you for coming on the show. Absolutely, Roger. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so tell the audience and listeners, what did you cross off your list? I'm riding my bicycle down down the Baja of, of Mexico. So riding my bicycle from Mexicali down to Cabo San Lucas. How many miles was that in total? You know, I, I had ventured off a little bit and, and visited some other little cities and, and towns. And uh, so it ended up being 31 days and about 1,100. Oh. 1200 miles 1200 miles so you weren't just day in and day out you like stopped and like hung out and like took in some culture and some sites and things as well you didn't just strictly bike straight through yeah absolutely uh you know i spent a couple of days in some different campgrounds i did some wild camping um a couple of days in in hotels um to take a shower and get cleaned up <laughs> For the most part, it was wild camping and, and staying in campgrounds, but really just every day I was I was doing something, um, either riding my bicycle or hiking and, and just meeting people and, and uh, doing some different adventures. That sounds so much fun. So let's go back a little bit. And why was this particular item on your list? Why was this important for you to do? You know, I first I I have a friend named Valerie, and and I was talking to her one New Year's Eve, and she said, "What?" I asked her what's on her on her New Year's resolutions, and she goes, "Keith, I don't do New Year's resolutions. Mm. I do uh, bucket list things that I want to go do and see during the year, and uh, I really like that." and you know, I'm a firm believer, and if you want to change something in your life, you don't wait for a new year to do that. Mm. You, you do that immediately, and you start working on that. So, but I really like the bucket list or, or making things, uh, putting things on your list at the beginning of the year that you want to do and accomplish for the year. And uh, that was always on my list. <laughs> and then I I got back from hiking the, the Camino, walking across Spain and and down Portugal. And came back to the States. My dad had passed away. So I, I, I stopped my trip early, came home um, for the funeral. And then uh, I was in Walla Walla for Christmas and it was cold. I was shoveling snow <laughs> and uh, I was sitting there on Christmas Day going, gosh, what can I do? I need to go find something warm to do. Um, I love Mexico. Um, I, I lived in Puerto Vallarta for a couple of years, but I wanted to to do something that that challenges me both physically and mentally. That's where I really feel alive and and present. And I I was going through my my list that I had made 
the, the prior year and, and bicycling down the Baja was on it and kayaking in the Sea of, the, the sea of Cortez was on that mm. list too. So I was like, we got to go do that. Let's make it happen. So um, on Christmas Day, I think I told my family when we were sitting there eating dinner that I'm going to go leave and bicycle down Baja and it's like completely cut them off guard. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about some of the preparation and like, did you have to rent a bike? Did you, did you send your bike down there? Yeah, that's, that's a, that's a good question. I, it was snowing in, in Walla Walla. There was a lot of snow this year and I have a, a sprinter van. I mm-hmm. bought it when COVID hit. I was going to hike the Pacific Crest Trail and I had sold my house in Coeur d'Alene and I was basically homeless other than my van. So I, I had a van and, and put my bicycle in the van, went to uh, spend a little bit of time driving down the Oregon, California coast, really had a good time taking pictures and enjoying the, enjoying that trip. And then I got to San Diego. My friend Kelson lives in San Diego, so he loaded up, um, gave me a ride to uh, Mexicali and, and started pedaling. So I have a bike and all the gears. So there wasn't a whole lot of planning or, or I just, it was on my list and um, the people that know me laugh is like I, I get something in my head and I don't necessarily communicate it well or share it very often um, or plan very often. I just I just go and do. So I love that philosophy. I think it's a, a it can be sometimes a very smart one, a scary one for sure, but a, but a smart one because it you actually wind up doing things sometimes when you have that mindset. So. Did you, did you like have your stuff? I mean, you said you wild camp. That means you had to have a tent. Um, you know, you did say you stayed in hotels. How much, maybe the easiest question is how much did your gear weigh? And how did, did you just have a, a, a device on the bike where you stored it while you rode or how'd that work? Yeah, I have panniers on my bike. It's a Trek 1120. So it's geared up for um, bike packing. Um, okay. It has wider tires, so a lot of the, the roads that I was on and the trails that I'm on were dirt and gravel. It was good for that. When you hit the pavement, it was a little bit harder pedaling because of the, um, the road resistance or the resistance because of the bigger tires. But it made life a lot easier when you're, when you're pedaling down the, the dirt roads and riding the Baja, um, pedaling down the Baja. The best adventures were the ones when you got off the pavement and you got on the dirt roads. And that's where you met the great people, the Mexican people. And, and the pavement with all the cars and everything were a little bit mm-hmm. scary. Um, but that's that was the fun part is being In on the road. What's the what's like the percentage of those two things? Would you say? depends on the on the on the route that you go. There's the Baja Divide, which is basically ninety five percent dirt. Um, mm. The route that I did was was probably fifty percent dirt and fifty percent pavement. And so you say there's multiple routes. Did you use any kind of app or something on your phone to to like navigate how did you did you have like a physical map like how did you know where you were going i mean we walked the camino together so i know that you know sometimes you just kind of you know, follow the arrows and it's easy right. but yeah but this yeah. seems out like there, there, uh, out there there were no arrows yeah. and, and when i hiked the camino and and as you probably know that 
I spent most of my time hiking the wrong way, even when there were arrows. <laughs> that's, uh, that's part of the adventure, and that's what really makes it fun. But I, I have an app called Maps Me. And mm-hmm. so I kind of have an idea of where I want to go. And when you when you bicycle or, or even drive down the Baja, you spend time crossing over the Sierra Madre Mountains maybe three or four times. So you see the wow. Pacific Ocean and, and you see the, uh, you know, the Sea of Cortez, uh, which is awesome. But you're going up and over the mountain range each time you, you go and see each site. So. It takes a little bit of effort and, and elevation gain to uh, to do that. But Maps Me is what I used. And, you know, every once in a while I would run into people and I would talk to them and they say, hey, you need to go visit this little mm-hmm. village and, and take a side tour. And, um, you know, one of the stories that I have is meeting Tom and we went to Guerrero Negro, which is a town that, that makes salt. Um, sea salt for um, you know for your food and everything and he goes we got to go see the whales we got to hop on a little tango boat and go out in the in the middle of the bay and and see the whales and that was one of the best adventures I ever had and if I hadn't taken a side trip to go do that I would have never never done that so it was a great experience so I think probably the the key that I take away from this trip is don't have it a set plan or set mm-hmm. um, agenda of what you're going to do and, and what you're going to see. Um, have an idea of the direction you want to go, and uh, and then take it take it from there. Yeah, that's a that's a great way to do things. I wish I had done that on my Camino. I was a little bit rigid, uh, too rigid, I think, uh, for my own good. But I think that that's a that's a great way to do it. You talked about your adventure with Tom. Is there anything that you experienced that was like uncomfortable or you didn't expect or that was like, oh, I wish I would have known this before I started? When I started, I knew I was going to be doing a bunch of wild camping. Mm -hmm. You know, when you start pedaling and and you're out in the middle of nowhere and you could be out in the middle of nowhere for two or three days without seeing people, without seeing, you know, a car, um, a house. You, you plan your water accordingly because you're out in the middle of the desert. Mm-hmm. So you need to make sure that um, you carry plenty of food, plenty of water. I, I understood that, but you can understand something, but until you live it, it's a, it's right. a different thing. You know, there's, there was times where I was sitting out in the middle of nowhere going, geez, I could die out here. Nobody oh. would have the faintest idea where I'm at. Nobody <laughs> would ever find me. <laughs> Wow. You know, so yeah, it, you know, so it, it's being aware of your surroundings and, and I never felt unsafe in the Baja, you know, you sit around and you watch TV and, and read articles and I, I'm comfortable with Mexico. I, I love the Mexican people. I think they're the most friendly, loving people I've ever met in my life, but just being out in the middle of nowhere where you, you don't have any cell phone coverage. You don't have anything. You have to be resilient. Just be aware of your surroundings and know that there's consequences if you screw up. When we walked the Camino, even like you and I would you know, hang, hang out at night and, and bunk together. And, and then in the morning, you know, your, your pace was a lot 
greater than mine so you would take off and uh, you'd be way ahead you'd be i'd be halfway through my day and you'd already be at the next town so so but along the way i know that you ran into people you talk to people you you hang out you have lunch with people how how did this differ from the camino as far as being with people or not being with people yeah that's a good question um there were two people i Wherever I go and eat lunch or or go into town, I always meet new people. I, I love talking to people. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's times where you're out in the middle of nowhere and there's nobody to talk to, so you're there with your with your thoughts. And and I really enjoyed that on this trip, which was a little bit different than the Camino, where you know there was spots where there were three days where I didn't talk to anybody or see anybody. So that's a lot of time with just you and, mm-hmm. you know, and you, you, it's a different experience and it's a good experience. It's, it's good to just be with you because if you can't stand being with yourself, you need to figure out why that is and, and work on that where, you know, hiking the Camino, you, there were times where you would get to be by yourself and walk by yourself, mm-hmm. but there is also a, but not for very long. You would always find people and talk to people. And, and that, that's what made that journey so worthwhile is, is the friends that that you meet and, and the conversations that you had when you were walking. I'm excited to announce the release of my new book, live out your list, finding joy through a bucket list lifestyle. The book covers the three stages of the lifestyle, including bucket list mindset, bucket list creation, and bucket list management. It provides tips and strategies to enhance wherever you are in your bucket list journey. To learn more about the book and to receive 10% off when you purchase the ebook, visit crossingitoffpodcast.com backslash book. Purchase the book today and start to live out your list. Now back to the show. Just two different experiences, Roger, and, and both of them were, were great. Still takes somebody, you know, it takes a certain type of someone to do that. Is that something you experienced before or were, or is it something that you're accustomed to as far as when you travel? I, I like traveling by myself. <laughs> um, when I wake up in the morning, I, I like to go when I'm ready to go and, I think walking the Camino, you know, after a while meeting up with you and, and the other, the Camigos that, that we, we ran into, we gave each other space. Um, you know, as I, if I wanted to leave at five and somebody wanted to go with me at five in the morning to go see the, you know, the, the Milky Way in the middle of the night when it was still dark, that, that worked. And if not, and then I'd go by myself. So, Walking the Camino was a great, uh, great experience in that way as well, because people were open to do whatever they wanted to do. And there was no set expectations. Um, When I rode my bicycle down the Baja, there was I ran into Tom and Kim, who were also riding their bicycles. Mm. So every once in a while, I would run into them at a campground. You know, we had different speeds. So, you know, I would. I would get there and, and Tom would already be there, and, you know, and or if I decided to wait a day um, and visit the town and then I'd run into Kim, she'd come in the next day. And, you know, we kind of just jumped around and saw each other quite a bit during the trip and, and became friends. But at the end of the day, we, you know, we would say, hey, I'm leaving tomorrow. And there was no waiting for somebody. It's mm-hmm. 
So I, I, I like traveling by myself because of that, the freedom that it gives you. And if you decide that you want to stay a day or two in a certain location, or if you want to get on the road early in the morning to beat the heat, because you know, there's a hill just out of town that you've got to go tackle before it gets to be a hundred degrees, you do that. What is something that if someone came to you and like you had that conversation with your friend about doing this and they said, yeah, I'm really thinking about doing this was something that, and it doesn't have to be strategic, you know, or does it, you know, what's the one, or it doesn't have to be a place. It could be any of those things. What's one thing you, that you would say, Hey, if you're going to bike the Baja, you need to do blank. What's the answer to that question? I would say get a bicycle and show up and, and start pedaling. It's as simple as that, Roger. There's, I think a lot of people spend too much time over planning, mm. overthinking, over reading. There's a ton of material <laughs> on, on the internet. If you want to bike the Baja, you could get inundated just reading all the different articles about it or, or YouTube being mm-hmm. the, you know, the videos and all of that. I, I have a boss back in my prior life and she said keep the best thing you could do is stop planning and just jump in with both feet and, and figure it out on the way you know and that's I've always taken that with my endeavors that I do is I don't I'm really poor at planning really piss poor at planning so I uh you know I'll as you know, you were the one on the Camino figuring out where we're going to stay that night. And I would say, hey, text me when you figure it out and we'll yep. uh, go from there. Um, I Some of the things in the, in the Camino will provide and the Baja will provide. Mm-hmm. And I never, until knock on wood, has never failed me. Yeah. What's, what's something that you learned about yourself, right? And talking about Keith, what's something that you learned about yourself through this experience? You know, I think there's uh, when I was running the Caballo Blanco, which is an ultra marathon down in in the Copper Canyon. There's a a word that I learned when I was doing that, and it's called animo, which uh, means having the toughness and the mental and physical having having the mental and physical toughness to do what is hard. Mm. And uh, I the things that are on my bucket list are things that bring that to fruition or, or I continue to, it challenged me both physically and mentally. And I find that when I do that, that's when I'm the most proud of myself Mm -hmm. and and feel proud of the accomplishment that I'm able to do that was able to, to do. So I think it's, I'm not sure if it's what I learned, but it's what's reinforced that if you set your mind to something and if you're, willing to get out of your comfort zone, you can do pretty amazing things. And that's what I need in my life is to, to do those things, to reiterate. It's like, yeah, this is, this is what I enjoy doing. And, and the things when you're doing that for me is, is really rewarding. It's, it's cool. The things that you get to see, do experience and the people that you meet. On that note, I have to ask, what's the next thing on your bucket list? Uh, so I bought a ticket September 29th. I'm going to go hike the Sultan Trail, which is a 1500 mile um, walk. It starts in um, Vienna, Austria. You walk through nine different countries. It's 1500 miles and you end up in Istanbul, Turkey. 
Oh so, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. So I, I bought the ticket. There's not a, thank goodness. I don't like to plan much because there's not <laughs> a whole lot of information about it on, on the internet, but it's, it's, it sounds like an amazing trip. And, and some of those countries are in the EU. Some mm-hmm. of them aren't, which is a good thing because some of it being um, in the EU, you can only be there for 90 days. So right. in 1,500 miles and I'm going to be pushing that to, to get through that by, so I'm going to leave September 29th, October, November, December, probably be done maybe by the end of January. Wow. Wow. Where did you learn about that? You know, just um, when I was walking the Camino and a, a friend of mine that, that I met that on the Camino, she lives in Germany and, and she's doing it and and she was going to do it. I'm not sure she's doing it now. She got to uh, Austria and really likes Austria. Mm -hmm. So she's kind of stalled in Austria and and spending some time there, but she mentioned it in a group text that we were doing. And I started doing some research about it and I go, wow, that sounds amazing. Just the the countries that that you get to go through. And and I'm sure the people you're going to meet, it's a, it's a Camino times four. So that's uh did you learn anything from your camino to prepare you for the sultan trail i mean is that is there something like oh yeah okay now i know i'm I'm, you packed pretty light much lighter than i did but is there anything you learned from the camino that you'll use for that trip? well i the interesting thing about this trip is is probably from what i've been able to read there's going to be some wild camping on it so you're going to be out in the middle of nowhere like in bulgaria where you're going to need to bring a tent, a sleeping bag. If it, you know, um, there's not going to be albergues or, or hostels for you to stay right. in. I'm going to have to pack a little bit heavier than, than normal. But I think, I think the one thing that, that I learned on the Camino that I will take forward on, on the Sultan's trail is whatever happens, the Sultan trail will provide, <laughs> um, just like the Camino provides. Right. Um, I, I I go back to thinking that I can't remember her name, but uh, Annie's friend that when we stopped at the albergue and, and they said that place is completely full and there's no place to stay. And I think it was the first night that I met you, yes. and, uh, you know, she shows up and, and she had been hiking all day and her backpack was like five times bigger than she was. <laughs> and uh, she, uh, you know, they said, I'm sorry, but there's, there's no other place. Uh, there's no room in this place. And, and she goes, you gotta be kidding me. And so they go, no. And so they go, well, you gotta, you know, there's a place five or six miles down the road that you can stay at. And she goes, yeah, that's not an option. I'm not going to be able to do that. I think she just kind of hung out. And then after everybody kind of went to bed, she snuck in and, and found a corner where she slept and, and, you know, the Camino provides and you have to figure things out a little bit, but you know, and then she became a great friend of ours going down the trail. And, and I think she hiked for maybe a couple of weeks. No matter what it is, whether it's learning how to play the ukulele, like I'm attempting to do right now, or, or doing a hiking, you just have to kind of go with it and keep on pushing and figuring out as you go. Um, it's nothing's nothing worth doing is ever easy is what they say. So and I think also too, it's just not having set expectations on exactly how mm-hmm. things are going to 
things are going to work out or happen is just go with an open mind and figure it out. You know, it's, if things get too bad, you can always buy a, a rain jacket or, you know, I remember there again, that day where we, we left and it started raining and I didn't bring a rain jacket or anything. <laughs> I found like a poncho for three euros and, and, you know, and it rained that one day and then it never rained the rest of the, no. the whole trip, but, um, or at least it didn't rain on me when I was walking, but it was, uh, you, you just figure things out. And, and if you need something, you can either buy it or if it really doesn't work out, you can hop on a flight and go back home and, and lick your wounds for a little bit and try something different, but at least don't be afraid to try it. Keith, thanks you so much for being here today. How can people follow you and your adventures? I know you're you're a great photographer. I love following you on Instagram. I think your your travel photos are awesome. Uh, how can people follow you, especially with this uh, major Salt Trail coming up? Um, sure. I really don't have anything other than Facebook, mm-hmm. um, and it's Keith Weatherman um, on, on Facebook. And I think it's Keith Weatherman on Instagram too. So I think when I post on, on Facebook, I, it shows up on, right. on Instagram. Well, but, um, you know, and, and another thing on my bucket list is to write a book and, uh, you know, everybody says, Oh, Keith, you need to write a book and, and put some pictures in there of your travels and all of that. So that's on my bucket list and, and I'm, I'm jumping in and completing that as well, working on it. Good. Good. I can't wait to see that because I, I really do enjoy your images that you take. You have a good eye uh, you. while you're traveling. So Keith, thank you so much for being here and taking the time to be with us. Uh, good journeys ahead for you, uh, especially on the Sultan Trail. And uh, I know I'll be watching. So thank you for being here today and sharing. Absolutely. Thank you, Roger. As a reminder to our listeners, in this episode's show notes, you will find links to learn more about this week's guests and information on how you can cross this item off of your list. You can follow my adventures of crossing items off my bucket list on Instagram and Facebook. And as always, new episodes of this podcast are available to stream every Friday morning. We will meet you here next week. And until then, keep living out your list. <laughs>